Hello, hello. Hello. And welcome back to Gateway to Anime. How are we all? What's going on? Brett, welcome back. Hey. Hey, everyone. Been a while. It's been a, it has been, it's been too long. It's far too it's long. My own fault. Well, look, you know, sometimes you got to make a living. You know? I, well, <laughs> until this one pays. <laughs> <laughs> this might be like the least exciting retrieval arc ending of all time. <laughs> we're like, we got Brett back, but he's just here now. And you're like, g'day. We're like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> everyone still sees me, but... Our audience. Indeed. Yeah. They don't get to hear me. And coming back for a record third time, Graham. I mean, it's kind of awkward. I, was, I wasn't expecting Brett to be here. <laughs> <laughs> now he's here and it's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> Are you yeah. like Poochie from The Simpsons at this point? Like, like, Just coming on a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Poochie Poochie and I'm here to say. <laughs> when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? Anyway, this week... This is our final episode of season two. It's been quite a journey, a little little thing that started 12 months ago and it led us through Corona, led us through quarantine. We all managed to get this together and this is the core team. Now, season three is going to look a little bit different from these last two seasons, but thank you all, everyone, so much for following us as long as you have. This last 12 months has been fantastic. Managed to get two full seasons out and I wanted to get the gang together. Wanted to get the gang, Finish the family, up, eh? finish the season up. And what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about One Punch Man, an absolutely quintessential gateway show. So in keeping with our old format, Brett, why don't you give us your review of One Punch Man and give us a synopsis first, then your review, and then we'll talk about it. It's exciting. It's pretty exciting. It I'm is. hardly prepared. <laughs> Insert ruffled notes and pages and my iPad. Look, this is a tough one to review as a synopsis because it is, it is quite a, I don't want to say basic, but it is essentially about a superhero trying to become a bigger, better superhero, but not in the way we usually uh, receive it. Mm-hmm. Do we yeah. agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah so, absolutely. I think it's more interesting to hear my sort of thoughts and spiel because I had a great, great full session watch of this one. Ooh. I only watched the first season because I wasn't allowed to go past the first season. I don't know why. I guess I'll find out. But look, everybody, One Punch Man is its essentially about a superhero who's trying to get better but not in your ordinary fashion, the ordinary fashion that a superhero would have in terms of their journey. Yes. Yes. So uh, it's more about my sort of, I guess, review and critique of it. Sure. Ooh. But I'll, I'll, I'll say that I really did enjoy it. It's fun, isn't I it? I spent a Sunday watching the full first season. Ooh. I wasn't allowed to go past the first season. <laughs> so I had to go back on the first season just to just for my own viewing pleasure. <laughs> I'll get to wow. that in a moment, though. Look, so One Punch Man, it, it's a satirical look at the shonen genre of anime. Mm-hmm. And... I now know what the shonen genre is. Oh, so so far in one year. Just drop that bomb, everybody. (laughs) It it, it follows the reluctant hero, Saitama, a.k.a. Caped Baldy, a.k.a. One Punch Man. And his power, funny enough, is that he has the ability to destroy his enemies with one punch. (laughs) Oh, that is true. I hope I didn't ruin anything. <laughs> no, they don't uh, pull any punches with that. Oh, oh. that was the worst. Someone edit you. that. <laughs> yeah, edit that one. That's gone. Even oh, though she'd been planning that. Oh, <laughs> I was like, this is the one thing I'm going to contribute to this. One year mm-hmm. planning and waiting. That <laughs> <laughs> it's my moment. But he's seemingly indestructible. He's super fast. He's super strong. And as with every superhero esque genre, there's a story behind the origin of his power. Yes. That's something I'll get into in a moment. I mentioned that Saitama is reluctant mm-hmm. or, as he puts it himself, casual. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a, uh, yeah. He's a, what does he say? He's a hero for fun. Hero, hero for, for fun. fun. That's the best line ever. <laughs> His motivations, they're not self-fulfilling. They're not egotistical. They're neither good nor evil. He's seemingly just there when he wants to be, which is lucky enough 
because generally he also needs to be there because he's the only one that can vanquish them. Mm-hmm. Talking about villains and any kind of destruction. Can I just add one thing? This is like Godzilla-esque oh, town yeah. destruction oh, yeah. when they have these battles. Oh, yeah. Like the, it's very much set up every single episode for a massive showdown and then I just feel for, I feel for like the people in town like generally because <laughs> it's like it's like citywide destruction. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Pretty cool. Look, he's recognized early on by another powerful hero in the lonely cyborg or Genos as a master. Genos quickly becomes a sidekick and disciple to his reluctant master and together they navigate the hero world. And in what is possibly the most satirical, swift, trope-bending move, once they are both officially ranked as heroes <laughs> through the registry of Hero Association, Genos, an intelligent, super-powerful cyborg with a strong moral compass set to overtly good, smashes through the rankings to become an S-class hero, the highest class. And although Saitama smashes through all the physical tests with the highest ever recordings, he only just scrapes through the written test <laughs> and officially speaking, the master is helmed into the lowest class, C, which I thought was genius. It's brilliant. Because Genos' loyalty still remains yeah. and they kind of strive together and bumble along in the pursuit of hitting quotas, vanquishing bad guys and finding popularity within the Hero Association and within the world. <laughs> and what I really loved about this was the comedy really stood out for me in this series. Oh, yeah. It for those among us that now understand the shonen genre, and I know that's everybody listening by now, oh, no, um, <laughs> we're not even going to explain it. We <laughs> don't have to tell them what's terrible or not. Um, you know, the, the superhero genre, the trope bending of this series is just constant. It's relentless. And, look, I'm going to give away a couple. I've given away a few things already. I don't care. No, it's fine. Like, because it please rest care. short. That, <laughs> Just like on I, the record. Any, like, like this is one of those ones where like the, the the reveals are still satisfying because they're not earned. They don't weave a tapestry of twists and turns because they are undeniably and comically ordinary. Mm-hmm. The setups pack the drama and stakes of a Zack Schneider film, but when One Punch Man finally reveals how he attained these powers, it reads more like a gym workout <laughs> when he sets Genos a regime of 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 lunges, and a 10K run every day with no heating in the window. And even though it will be hard and you'll feel like death, no air conditioner in the summer. Train until you go bold and you will become superpowered. I just want to jump in and say we have a friend, a dear friend of ours, who was doing a Saitama workout regime for a year. And he said to me, I was like, how did it go, mate? And he was like, nothing really, to be honest. Like it was like hardly. He was like, yeah, I'm a bit fitter. But he was doing the workout because he saw the show and he's like, let's see what happens if I actually do it. I think he has to do it for three years and it might super Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll see. Is he expecting the powers? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think right. he just thought Man, it was funny. No one's ever it. put themselves that Look, like, this rigorous show, training before. So. <laughs> this show blows villain monologuing trope out the water mm-hmm. in like this absolute glory. Like Sardama isn't defiant in his listening. He is just incessantly disinterested and bored. He's bored. When, bored. Yeah, he's bored. so bored when these villains, from the, the get-go, they, they just want to explain why they are there and why they are attacking him as we're all accustomed to oh, yeah. seeing in this sort of genre. And he's just like... Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep thinking of funny things. Now, continue, please. Look, the altruism is left with his psychic genos. Whilst One Punch Man kind of meanders in and out, ready to unwillingly punch the bad guy or gal, he's even bored at his own unyielding power because no one, no thing is a challenge unless they get in the way of him making the Saturday bargains at the supermarket. Oh, <laughs> so good. It's so good. good. It's the most <laughs> relatable anime character. It's so good. Exactly. You know, this show just works for me on a real meta sense. Oh, yeah. Don't you reckon? Big time. Like, it's a sheer piss take of shows like Naruto and Jack Dragon Ball Z. Absolutely. It kept me going for the superhero, particularly like the Superman tropes. Mm. Like that's what I found quite interesting because he's so all-powerful and that's what I always loved about Superman, that it was... He's he's so powerful that he kind of usurps like the normal sort of storytelling methods. Yeah. Like there's no drama. No. There's no conflict with him. Like the, the character doesn't really grow or change in any way through like his experiences. How do you defeat an all-powerful and indestructible being? Like 
Yeah. They, they do the same, try to do the same sort of things as Superman. Like they use a variety of measures, like that could whittle down the vulnerabilities of the person. Yes, and, kryptonite, whatnot. Yeah, but like with him, it's more like dissatisfaction and not being recognized. But yes, for most of the time, he doesn't care about that either. So, no. so it's just when it so it kind of suits and then he kind of gets, he falls into that kind of, you know, story arc. And look, their public and professional persona is like quite important in this, I yes. think is like in this, in this show. And that I find, I found that quite interesting, but like that Lex Luthor-esque sort of villain at the, the, at the beginning. Scientist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> at the beginning. That's why I know I'm kind of like, you know. It's fine. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> like, he Sodom is like malaise at just being there and like explaining the origins of his power and I couldn't I couldn't get enough. Look, it's fun, it's fast paced, it's action packed, it's pretty violent in mm. places. I'll, I'll put a warning on that. But the animation is oh, very impressive. It's out of control. It's one of the best of all time, and I'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, look, it's crazy. I'll, I'll finish up just quickly by saying that I did watch the first season halfway through as the subs, and then I flipped to the dubs, and I found them really good. So much so that I wasn't allowed to go to season two, so I <laughs> rewatched the first five episodes in dubs. Right, and I really actually thought the dub was really good. Interesting. Yeah, you're a fan. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I don't know if I'm more of a fan or not, but I did, I, I guess it's one of those things where it's like I'd already knew the storyline, so it was kind of interesting to hear it in the English yes. you know, the second time through and, 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 and not necessarily pay as much attention but realise where the, um, the translations were. Yes. Yeah. So yes. that was quite interesting. And, look, we'll discuss and then I'll explain what I think my usual, if you like, this. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting because, and Graham, you brought up a really, a really great point then about the lack of conflict, which if you ever read Robert McKee's story or any book on how to write a screenplay, the key is conflict. Conflict is drama and drama is what human beings relate to when they watch a story being told. There isn't any in this because he's so fucking powerful that no matter what happens and every time they try and subvert the idea of, oh, maybe this time, maybe this time, finally he's been challenged. No, one punch gone dead that's the whole thing and that's the joke and you think that that would get kind of boring no right but i was no. really worried about that when i first yeah started. i must admit i was like well what what are his motivations yeah 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 but that's the whole thing a life lived without conflict and he's obviously in the middle of an existential crisis because he can't feel anything because all he wants is a battle to make him feel alive because this world as brett said it's a godzilla-like world and the Hero Association's this super bureaucratic Byzantine type institution where it's very hierarchical and everything is set in the ways. And when he's a C-ranked hero, he essentially means nothing, even though he is the most powerful being in the universe. And that is such a great metaphor for life too, you know? It's just like the, the unrecognized genius and the person who actually gets it all done, but the higher-ups get to take all the credit. And that is kind of a big thematic which runs through this whole show. And just this notion that one has no conflict in life, no challenge. So what does he stand for? What does he do? The things he finds pleasurable are like, as you said, finding a special at the grocery store. Coupon day, baby. Coupon day. Though That is the thing that drives him more than anything else. The mundane, you know. It's also because he's poor. And I think that the oh, way of yes. like, and the thing is that there's a huge uh, commentary about like, it's a superhero society, which mm. um, as we often see in everything, including Western media, that kind of like the celebrities, the S class, like mm. they kind of get all this stuff. And he, you know, he's not. And basically it just shows kind of like the unglamorous reality of, as Sam said, like being the hard worker who's not recognized, mm. even though he doesn't really care that much. That's sort of like an interesting take on his character. But I do think that the reason that this is, and I think Sam mentioned earlier, the one of the better gateways for anime viewers it's is massive. because as much as, and it's huge, like people oh. who don't like anime love this show, even though it's directly parroting, like I'd say Dragon Ball Z, that kind of thing. Oh, like massive. Goku Naruto. is a huge one. I think Goku is like a, you oh, know, yeah. just massive. Yeah. And I think that because it also, yeah, as you said, Superman, all of that stuff, people get the tropes of this thing as in like, you know, a tried and tested storyline that's gone for ages and ages and ages. And it just takes a piss and shows how unrealistic, how stupid that kind of is. Exactly. And how it would look in a reality, which exactly. is where it's like, 
this is what would actually happen if someone was that powerful and they didn't have like the charisma and you can almost like liken if, it to if you don't have the ego yeah. to drive yourself to the the number one ranked in the S class, then you know, you're not going you're not gonna get there just by being powerful. You're gonna have to get there through recognition, you're gonna have to get there through deeds, Popularity. through through quotas. Yeah. Like quotas. <laughs> yeah. It's like a huge like the celebrity culture of it all and everything. It's fucking fascinating. Yeah. And I I love him as a main character, as a protagonist. <laughs> so- and I know that it's yeah, he's so relatable. I think that his like dry sense of like he's not relatable. I'm obviously not the most powerful being in the <laughs> oh. history. I mean, uh, watch this space. Uh, I'm doing the Sage Mile workout. So, um, hey, you're ready. Yeah, yeah. It's just a couple of push-ups. I can do like one push-up. Like, hey, guys, seriously, it's 99 time. to go. Yep, not I'll bad. get there. <laughs> I, have, I have faith, Charles. Every but, journey starts with a single step. <laughs> yeah. So basically just a bit of fun fact about One Punch Man from me and my history or the lore of my anime viewing, whatever. I don't know what I'm talking Your about. Your origin story. My origin story. Actually, no, it was like halfway. So for a bit there, I decided I didn't like anime. Edgy. It, it happened, guys, edgy. I know. <laughs> so edgy. So edgy. Edgelord over here. <laughs> um, I decided I didn't like anime when I was like probably about years like 2015 to 16. I just mm-hmm. didn't. Watch any anime. Huge range. Guys, it was a whole year of me being in Dolby. I've only been watching it for a year. (laughs) I've been watching it less than you didn't like it. (laughs) The worst part is I went to Japan in that time, though, and I was Just walked around going, fucking Yeah, I walked around. I was just like... (laughs) I hate visited Japan. Japan. (laughs) (laughs) everywhere. Uh, yeah. Um, but Sam, who doubled down on anime in the time that I bailed from it. Obviously. It's like a gave black me- hole of anime, isn't it? Yeah. It sucks you in. I remember we went home for Christmas back to sleepy Perth and you were like, what do you mean you're not watching anime? What do you mean? Obviously, um, correct. Literally exactly like that, that in that time. That was the conversation. Um, you crying? Okay. Yeah, it's just, sobbing. Just, just, <laughs> can, we just, can, we, can we paint it? Better picture here because no, <laughs> that was, was this, point. Was oh, this yeah. like was this Christmas at the Devonport house? Oh, oh both yeah. kids back in the nest. back in town, yeah. drunk as skunks. Mum's so proud. She's like, <laughs> why, are they, why are they yelling about yelling at each other Japanese over anime. animation? So She's had like, his hidden leaf headband on. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretending to be cool. Yeah, no headband. No one believed it. Um, but yeah, Sam basically was like, here's two shows you should watch. And because I was back in Perth and I'm always like, it's the thing when you go back to your hometown, you're like, can't wait to see everyone. Like, guess who's back? And then you get back and no one cares and everyone's got family obligations. And you don't see anyone. So I was hell bored, basically. Yes. And I was in Perth. So I was bored. <laughs> Sam was like, watch these two shows. And I watched reluctantly. I was like, oh, I think I've outgrown it. I mean, it's so embarrassing, guys. Like, what? <laughs> Assassination Class, in which we will talk about another point in time, and time. One Punch Man. And I can safely say that One Punch Man was the one that like threw me right back in because I was like recognizing the tropes, recognizing everything. And I was like, you know what? Like, even if you only watch Dragon Ball Z uh, at 8.30 on Cheese TV before you went to school in the 90s, you will know this show, you will understand the tropes and you will find it funny. I think it's pretty accessible for that. It's so accessible because even if you aren't an anime fan, obviously it helps. But you're right, even the superhero, especially with the prevalence now of the Marvel and DC universe being so ubiquitous it, it just it, it ticks every superhero trope you've ever seen and just subverts it, it it's just classic genre subversion mm. and satire there's a show called gintama out there which is really hard watch and i'm about to watch the whole thing because next season we will talk about it and it's a big hole in my game you're, you're doing god's work Sam. i'm doing god's work and i'm about <laughs> to do it but it's that is another one which does it but it requires from what i've read it requires a ton of anime knowledge whereas this no nah. I mean, it helps to, to have watched Dragon Ball Z or My Hero Academia or Naruto or whatever, of course. But at the same time, you can just watch this show with no anime experience whatsoever and you're going to find it funny because the animation itself oh, is enough to bring you in because it is stunning. Absolutely. So let's talk about that a little bit, actually, because the show was written, and we have mentioned this guy before on the bonus episode in season one with Cry Club. It's the same author as Mob Psycho 100 which is also a fantastic show and you should watch it if you haven't, please. But this is written by a guy called One, just capital letters O-N-E. And it was just a webcomic in 2009, which he published on his own website. And it is crude. The art style is so fucking crude and so like in an industry which is predicated almost entirely on aesthetics. Somehow this little engine that could 
managed <laughs> to break through the little engine that could. <laughs> it was. You go look at the. You need to go and look at the old animation. It is like, it is trash. Like it looks okay. so bad, but it's cute and it's endearing. You know, and the story was enough to get people in. However, then in 2011, he was contacted by a guy named Yasuki Murata, who was famous for making a gridiron manga called Ice Shield 21. Oh. Wow. Cricket's and looking a lot more. Sure is. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bouldering anime that aired last season. There's anime for sport, everything. Like climbing. Oh, climbing. Yeah. He's got to get the cricket one out there before somebody else. We, we need to, Brett, before someone steals our genius plan. Anyway, you heard it here first. It ain't going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Yusuke Murata contacted one to ask if he could redraw the webcomic. And that was what he did. And his art style is what the anime mostly takes. So every now and then what the anime does so brilliantly is that it goes from like looking unbelievably genius to looking super basic and silly, which is basically a throwback to, the, to one's original work. And that they use for comedic value. Because all of a sudden, Saitama looks like this amazing muscle-bound, like, godlike beast. And then it cuts to him looking like, oh, looking like super stupid. And that's a big joke with the whole show. But, Graham, why don't you talk to us a little bit about Murata and the art style? Because you yourself are a drawer. Mm. So talk- that's I mean- what we call ourselves, drawers. <laughs> <laughs> drawers. You're a drawer? <laughs> Do you get I am drawer? one who draws. <laughs> I've been known to pick up a crayon. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head there, man. Like, his original webcomic is insanely crude. Yes. Like, you would struggle to make something on purpose look that bad. Yes. But then again, like, even when even when his stuff is animated, it never looks super professional. Yes. It's always got, like, a wiggly sort of context to the line, especially, yes. like, Mob Psycho. It never looks solid. Yes. So, yeah, the crudeness of I The first time I ever read it, I was like, this is this is a goddamn joke. And then you look at the <laughs> hits and it's got something like 7.9 million hits on, like, one chapter. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's insane. And, in fact, as of April 2020, the manga remake has sold over 30 million copies. 30 million. It's crazy. It's just, it, This shit just blew up, right? Yeah, so... Murata takes over in 2012. Mm-hmm. And what Murata does, you know, I have actually read Eye Shield years You've ago. You read Eye Shield? Years ago. You yeah. actually read Eye yeah. Shield yeah. When 21. I went, when I was in America, wow. It was. Wow, I never thought I'd meet someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just... To be fair, it was. Should I? It was pretend I know what's going on right now. Uh, We've yeah. taught you a lot, but there's so much for you to learn, Brad. Eye <laughs> Shield. I am a mere tuning. So when I moved to America, I went to like a public library just to get some books and, you know, because new in the country, didn't know really what to do. And they had a limited manga section. That was one of them. Really? And there was like the whole run. Wow. So I took like most of it. It's it's all right. It's anime American football. So yes. <laughs> that reminds um, me of the time I went to, I think it was Geraldton and I had that- logged into my video easy and <laughs> I took out Stargate season six. <laughs> season six? And they had all of them. Wow. <laughs> And I still got them. That's a hell of a watch. I still got them. <laughs> I got a, a debt recovery, you know, agent on my case. They'll come for you. But Don't worry. <laughs> it was worth it. it was oh, <laughs> great season, MacGyver. It was a it was a season <laughs> that Daniel Jackson left Stargate. Oh, it was replaced. It was replaced by, by Jonan. Yeah, Jonan. Jonas. Jonas, I should say. That was a mm-hmm. hell of a time. Was but I showed twenty one. Did you, I mean? Talk about the art style was, I mean, it might be a, a middling anime. Let's just talk about Eyeshield so. 21 for the rest of the podcast. I'm, I'm <laughs> All here. Stargate season six. So into it. What Urata does very well, like you pointed out, is his art style can go from that super crude sort of like simplistic to like the heavily detailed. So when you're seeing like... Can you can you explain the simplicity? You mean like when they go a bit cartoony yeah, and so they've got the shade, like the real hard shades across yeah, the... Yeah, just art, looks like a pencil drawing with like yeah, hard shade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, like I like that. Flat. I feel it added a lot of yeah, when it comes emotional to the, value. There's that classic meme where he's just like something's blowing up and he just says, okay. Yeah. Yes. In like that pencil style. That's the famous, I've actually got a shirt with that right, on. And right, 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 right. He's got the very, the blank expression yeah. is like... He's the, just like, yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and then he can go incredibly detailed. And I think you needed that to translate the original webcomic. Yes. And then what he also does really well that lots of lots of manga artists don't do well is like the flow of motion in a page. Yes. Like so many times I'll read a, like a fight scene and, and I, you just don't know what's going on. Mm. Whereas him and the creator of Dragon Ball Z, you can you can flow from page to page. You can keep track of combat. 
which yes. is essential for like a battle manga. But that's all I've got to say because you said everything before. So. <laughs> I apologize. Thank, thanks, Sam. He stole, your, he stole your notes, didn't he? Literally 90% of my notes. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. Same. I had same, one, same. I had one thing to come and talk about. But I mean, then of course you need to talk about why is the show so good, right? And especially nowadays, and Charlotte and I are going to do a full episode next season about how an anime is made. And we're also going to break down wow. all the animation studios. Are you getting on a drawer? <laughs> I'm getting on a drawer. One who draws. Uh, one, who draws. one who does draw. One draw man. <laughs> in fact, it's just going to be a drawer. Yeah. Just drawer. He's not going to say a yes. word. Yeah. Just really, really audio content. He's just going to draw. He's just going to sketch just the podcast. Sketching noise. Cool. <laughs> Honestly, might be good. Might be good. Might be quality. Might be good. Well, no, we need to talk about this because basically. Without getting in too much into this, we'll talk about it next season. But making an anime is fucking hard and it is a brutal industry. And the working conditions for most illustrators, that's the word I was looking for earlier. Drawer. Mm. Or drawers, if you will, is brutal. It's savage. And the production schedules that these people have to work to are insane. Now, you get this show. And this show is made by Madhouse. And Madhouse are a very famous production company. And so I will just list off a couple of the shows that Madhouse have done. And then I'm going to talk about the production team and I'll list off their credits because even for those of you who aren't massive anime fans, if you've listened to this podcast, just listen out for all the shows that we've talked about. They're littered throughout the whole thing. This was a dream team. So you had this genius guy called One who started a webcomic on his own in 2009, self-produced, self-released, then contacted by a genius manga illustrator who then took his work Was and his took it to the next two? level. <laughs> two Murata. Yeah. <laughs> Murata too. But took it to the next level and then it got picked up by Madhouse. And the team behind it are just ludicrous. That's why it looks so fantastic. And the story itself is brilliant. It's worth watching just because of that. That's why the crew drawings have 8 million plus hits on his website back in 2012, I think that was. And then you take it to the next level with this team. But Madhouse was founded in 1972 by ex-Mushi Pro animators. That was Maseo Murayama, Asamu Dezekai, Rintaro, and Jishikai Kawajiri. Now, Murayama left in 2011 and he founded the studio Mappa, Ayo. which are currently doing Jujutsu Kaisen and the Wee. final season. <laughs> Of Attack on Titan. Big, oh, big, big, the, um, big undisputed oh, wow. king. The undisputed king now ever since Madhouse. But Madhouse are an interesting company because a lot of people now say that their quality has dipped in the last few years. And that's interesting. And now a lot of people say that's because of Maruyama leaving. He left in 2011. One Punch Man was made in 2015. They still do great work. It's just that through a lot of symbiosis and a lot of movement in a brutal industry. A lot of these freelancers move around production studios. It just happened to be that this studio at this time bought on a passion project, which everyone felt everyone impassioned felt by. beautifully impassioned by. <laughs> so by they all passion. jumped together and made this absolutely stunning piece of art. And it's rare. It is quite rare these days in anime because the production schedules are so crushing and Ooh. it's amazing that they managed to pull off what they did. And that's why it stands on its own in so many levels to do with animation. But just a list of shows, just, just a couple, just a couple from Madha Madhouse. Trigun, Cardcaptor Secura, mm. Boogie Pop Phantom, Hajime no Ippo, Beyblade, Dragon Drive, Ninja Scroll, Gungrave, Paranoia Agent, Monster, Paradise Kiss, Nana, Black Lagoon, Death Note, Claymore, Devil May Cry, Tatami Galaxy, High School of the Dead, Hunter Hunter, Chia Yafuru, Ace the Diamond, The Irregular at the Magic High School, No Game No Life, Parasite the Maxim, Death Parade, No Guns Life, Overlord, Aka 13, A Place Further Than the Universe. I mean, holy shit. Madhouse are absolutely killer. And so wow. when they took this on, it was a whole thing. I knew 10 of those. Yeah, that's a big wow. deal. That's a big I, deal, man. And I shortened that. I shortened that significantly. 10 out of what, 25? Something like that. Well, let me now talk to you quickly about the production team. And I'll just list off a few of their best hits as their credits. Best ofs. Once again, just listen out for the shows that we've talked on this podcast alone. Right? So you've got Shingo Natsume, who was the director. Again, he was the director of Aka 13, Boogie Pop and others. He was a key animator on Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Q. he did the storyboard of season three. Space Dandy, full director. 
from Watanabe, Tengen Top and Gurren Lagen, who's hey. a key animator, Doraemon, key animator, and welcome to the NHK animation director. He was also a key animator on Naruto Shippuden. Uh. So this is the level you're talking about. Next was the character designs, the chief animation director. That was Chikasi Kuboto, who did Hack slash Sign, key animator, Dragon Ball Super, the movie, Fully Cooly, key animator, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, so Full Metal Alchemist, the normal one, and Tenken Top and Gurren Lagan. You got Shigemi Ikeda, who was the art director, who'd worked on My Hero Academia, Mobile Suit Gundam, The Promised Neverland Season 1, Overlord, High School DxD, My Teen Romantic Comedy Snafu, Afro Samurai, Black Cat, Gantz, Inuyasha, it just goes on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, that's all big, big Yukiko titles. Yukiko Moriyama, the other art director, same thing. Okay, except so- also did Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, the character design. Oh, that's huge. Huge. This team was super. I'm talking the super team of the century. And it's so rare for this to happen. And they S-class. all came together. S-class. S-class. Production team. I mean, Charlie and Graham are frothing right now. And a lot of that I didn't quite get because I'm, I'm not across the, the breadth that you guys are. Sure. But like why, okay, can I just ask, do you have any idea why they would be interested in a show like this? It was a passion project. And especially Shingo Natsume was the real driver behind it. And the fact that he managed to cobble this team together. Again, a lot of these people are freelancers. They move around between production houses. But he just managed to cobble together this absolute fucking dream team. And that is why we didn't get you to watch season two, Brett. Because what is interesting is it changed animation houses for season two. And it went to a company called JC Staff, and they are very famous for making lots and lots and lots of anime all the time. They're they're very much a a quantity over quality company. The storyline of season two of One Punch Man is better. It has more breadth. It has more depth. It actually interrogates the world a bit deeper. So it had everything going for it, but the animation just looked a bit stodgy. And it was a huge problem. It was a huge problem. And the, the, the outcry from the fans were massive. It was, it was like, it was crazy being on Reddit at that point, just reading people just being like hysterical weebs, basically crying into Reddit. It was wild. You're saying that like you weren't literally. I was one of them, of them though. Um, I just want to say that I watched season two. Yeah, um, too, and, I didn't hate you know, it, to be like the story is good enough. So, Tom, like, if you do want to watch it, I, I think Sam might have done you a disservice by being like, go watch it. It's not like. Horrifying. I, no, I think it was to set this up, maybe yeah, because yeah. because everything you said is interesting. Mm. But it, it is interesting that I did bring out that I was quite impressed with the with the visuals and the animation. Mm. Yes, and that is something I guess part of my cycle with understanding everything that I do. That that is, I mean, that's that's it is a visual medium. It is, and and it's funny enough. Some of the stuff. Sorry to jump in here, Charlie, but like yeah, yeah. some of the things I suggest, if you've seen. I couldn't get away from suggesting other animations. I couldn't. There was something there. It was very hard to differentiate this one to live action drama, I guess because of the tropes as well. But maybe that's why they've got their own. Maybe they, maybe there's some. Maybe there's some <laughs> as I mentioned earlier on, I've never watched season two. Mm, I've maybe right. watched the first episode. Maybe that's but why. Being, you know, a drawer, I keep bringing it back. <laughs> Yeah, visuals are always at the forefront when I'm watching things. Yes. And if the anime like the animation style did bump me quite a bit. Yeah. Like there is a there is a notable step down. Oh, like yeah. But I'm a bit of bit shallow when it comes to my animation styles, but I might watch it. Yeah, if I the look, story's it's worth that watch. good, I might power The character through. stuff is still there. There's some yeah. fun bits, but yeah, it is just not it did not capture the magic the first season did. Yeah. That is No, it didn't. Yeah. I remember that I was with my partner at the time when the season two started airing and he told me he was just like you want to come over my house I was watching some random thing called one punch man season two and i remember i was like you have no idea who you're talking to right now <laughs> oh, i will the be there are opened. anyway and i watched it and it was funny because they all watch screenings of it weekly and i was like last time i saw that happen was game of thrones and i'm like so that shows that it was still a huge like impact season two people were still keen to watch it's massive. It still- how many years was it between season one and season two it was uh, it debuted First season was 2015 and it was 2019 that it came So out. it was a big gap again, similar to what happened with um, Attack on Titan. We talked about that heaps, but Attack on Titan still was good at season two. It was a four-year yes. gap, wasn't it? Yes. I remember being like even everyone was still just as hyped about it. So I think it still has like, you know, everyone still enjoyed it a lot, laughed a lot. Like because I watched it in a group setting, it still has that appeal. 
So do keep watching it for the story and characters, but yeah, it's just disappointing because we know what it could have been. You know, that's the worst part. I, I wish I didn't know how good it was. Well, I mean, the first season has a hundred percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It was at the end of 2015 the number one rated show on IMDb. Full stop. Not anime. This was one of the biggest, uh, apart from Attack on Titan. This was one of the big breakthroughs in the West. It was massive. It was just massive. You hit those numbers, was. and you, then people are going to start going, "What is this?" Oh. Yeah. Go have a look, blah, blah, blah. Dip a toe. It's, it, it's a very easy one to get hooked into. It's so easy. It's so easy. And there's just enough philosophy to get you in on it. It, it mm. looks incredible. It's fun. I mean, the fights aren't even like, even compared to something like Jujutsu Kaisen or even Naruto, like the tactics aren't so much of a thing. Again, it's more just because it's a big influx of just bam, animation. Whoa, that looks incredible. And the fight's over in like three minutes. Do you know what's, you know? sorry to step on your point there. Not at all. What's what's always interesting to me about this show is like Saitama is never really the focus of these battles. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it, the conflict is never really Saitama. Yeah. It's, it's everybody only, around him. It's not yes. one of their amazing side characters that gets into a fight with said villain of the week. And then he's the deus ex marketer at the end. It just yes. ends the thing. Yeah. So when Moo Man Rider shows up, Oh, I was about to mention Moomin Rider. Oh, my the favorite, my bae. Oh. And he has all those that heart. He's the heart oh, of it, really. Is he's that? a real shonen protagonist. Well, like, so is Genos. Genos is really funny. Every, that's the thing. Like, there's so many, yeah. But he's not the cyclist for justice, though. No, look, I'm just, <laughs> for what I'm saying, without spoiling anything, there's a wonderful moment where, well, at the point in the show, the most powerful antagonist of the whole series turns up and he makes light work of a lot of very powerful characters. And this character called Moomin Rider who is a C-class hero, whose ability is basically he's, riding a bike. He's number one. Really I'll just put it out there. He's number the number one, one C-class. Number one C-class hero. You're right. I love him. But he has this beautiful moment where he has absolutely no chance of winning in the face of overwhelming odds. And he still stands and fights. And it's a beautiful moment. It's actually like the thing about the show is that it's got heart. Mm. You know, it's not just pure comedy. They, they find it in, in the right places. I yes. Think, and they do yes. earn that side of it. Yes. It gives you the shonen sort of like hit that you're looking for, but also subverts the whole thing. You know, it's just, it's such an excellent piece of art, I think, because it just, it ticks every box that you want. It looks amazing. It's like, gives you those like, oh shit, that's sick moments, but also is really funny. And a joke, and also it gives you moments of pathos. You know, I think I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's one I would definitely recommend to most people. <clears throat> look, I, I mentioned before that. Look, there are. I really struggled to go past the animation side of suggestions, but let's just put it out there that if you listen to this podcast now, you have seen some sort of animation in the past. I hope so. So Steamboat Mickey look, or whatever it was. <laughs> 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 uh, I remember animation. <laughs> I did my best to steer away, but one of the tonal things that really, one of the tonal shows that I kept thinking about was Venture Brothers. Did it, any of you ever watch that? Yeah, I love Venture that Brothers. That was another trope bending kind of show, more against Marvel heroes and the Hardy Boys. Like, it's, it's a play on that Johnny yeah. Quest adventure series. Yeah, sort of, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, right. Johnny Quest or yeah. the Tick or even or something. Yeah. You know, it's a bit more sort of. What happens when these characters that have experienced all these weird things as children grow up to adults and how mm. do they function and, and they don't? Yeah, they exactly. Don't but, that's right. but look, if you like, if you've watched Superman, you will love this because it just it, it deals with Superman in a different way. Yes. If you like Guardians of the Galaxy and any other Avengers films, I think you'll like this because, especially Guardians of the Galaxy, because I think tonally the yeah. comedy is is very similar, especially totally. Star Lord and him. And apart from that, Ant Man maybe as well. But mm -hmm. like, obviously, you're going to go. You can't go past those things. I can't find anything too obscure. Like I usually do, and that's very clever because indeed I'm usually good at that. Like, like <laughs> I'd say, like I'd say, Kickass is something that is like those ones, yes. like even yeah. those Deadpool's, those like full kind yes. of like fuck, I've real just subversion. Watched those. I've watched both of them again recently. And You're not I as didn't clever as you think so. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a little bit of trivia as well. Saitama is actually named after the prefecture or suburb that one is from. So it's a suburb. So we grew up. Saitama. And on top of that, also, Saitama is a tribute to the Anpan Man, who is a beloved Japanese character, a superhero with a red bean bread head. Japanese is so weird. He <laughs> <laughs> gives hungry people bits of his bread head to eat. And Anpan's manga ran from 1973 
to 2013. Wow. What? <laughs> and there was an anime adaptation in 1988. Oh, my God. What's How many that? stories just end with him giving a piece of his head to someone? All of them, apparently. <laughs> Does he regenerate? He's constantly fighting pigeons. <laughs> I believe he can. He must regenerate. Otherwise, <laughs> like, what's his secret? Because, yeah. again, it was, it was, he had the yellow and the red and, and like, right. yeah. big and head also, of bread. The best thing is that Saitama looks so lame. That's a whole thing. That's like, the he's, whole point. Yeah, and also... You know, Janos looks fucking cool, and like there's What's yeah, the it's, it's yeah. The character design is actually really good. If you haven't, even if you're gonna watch it, just look up what it looks like, just so you can see. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And all of the villains and all of the other characters that are a part of these classes, yes, are very interesting, and they're all got their own little sort of twerky, tropey kind of twists. So it's just brilliant. It's an existential piece. It's it's again the concept of boredom is such a prevalent theme. Conflict or the lack of conflict, what is a life lived without conflict? And that is the major point for Saitama, which is super fascinating. I've got a little quote here, and I actually took this from who is a, it from? a YouTube Come video. on, the second guess, the second guess. Mashiro Marioka, oh. who is a Japanese philosopher. Oh, oh philosopher. Yes, I got this actually off the uh, Wisecrack YouTube channel. I was having a look at this, and I thought I'd appropriate this over and have a little chat. But he basically said, in chasing pleasure and comfort, we gradually lose the opportunity of experiencing the joy of life that comes from encountering an unwanted situation and being forced to transform ourselves to find a new way of thinking and being. He then goes on to say, a civilization without pain and suffering seems to be the ideal of the human race. However, I wonder if people might end up losing sight of joy and forgetting the meaning of life in a society pervaded by pain reduction mechanisms and filled with pleasure. I think that's really interesting because that's kind of what Saitama's going through. He lives this life where he just kind of likes to cook himself some food and get cheap fucking deals at the local local supermarket, but he's so frustrated that he can't find the challenge. But then at the same time, his life still is devoid of meaning outside of it it's it's really interesting it's it's, it's so fascinating well right? i mean and a lot of his drive wouldn't have happened if he hadn't met Janos because he would have just kept drinking tea and watching the news yeah <laughs> and that's the thing it's the beautiful part as well he gets to impart his knowledge onto someone else yeah but not not really, not really. <laughs> i find <laughs> really. like also just in general the world built is incredibly uncomfortable like nothing about that world looks appealing at all you know no. kind of just like you know what i don't want to be a part of that no, world no. looks bad. So it's kind of interesting because often you'll watch these things and you think about logically, I'll be like, which crazy world would I want to be reincarnated when I'm killed by a truck? You know, like, <laughs> truck con? And yes. I'm always like, yeah, like Naruto, I'd be like a cool ninja. But the reality is you're fighting a horrifying war. In One Punch Man, it's not even, you don't even call ninja powers. It's probably just a civilian who gets owned. Even if you're the most powerful guy alive, you're still like, you know, poor and going to the supermarket and kind of. Unrecognized. Kinda, yeah. yeah. So basically all, all it's all bad. Well, it's a great um, episode yeah. as well. Season Episode so, uh, seven. Fuck. Yeah, episode seven, when the guys he's messed over all turn a crowd against him because he's just saved the world from a meteor. Not a big spoiler. He saves the world all the time. He's literally, like, there's not a spoiler to say that he yeah. can kill everyone with one punch. That yeah, is the whole premise of the, the show. joke. But he saves the world from a falling meteor. But as a result, he's the only person that can do it. If he didn't do it, basically the world would have been destroyed. But as a result, there's collateral damage. Again, the Superman thing and the superhero thing, which Batman versus Superman dealt with very badly. But well, there was some sauce on that. I hear that. <laughs> Not gonna touch that one. Wow. Was I'd ask, but I'm just. Yeah. It's bad. That, that movie sucks. Anyway, the idea of the collateral damage caused by superheroes, and he is turned on by the crowd because he shatters the meteor, but it still does terrible damage to people all around him, and they're all yelling at him, being like, "Give up! Give up! You're not good enough! You're not good enough! You're not good enough! You should quit!" And it's kind of this whole idea as well, especially with like one, the creator who, again, as I said, in a world which he's entering, which is all based on aesthetically pleasing drawing, he persevered through this time of drawing this really stonky, weird kind of almost shit drawings. But again, just persevered and, and did it because the heart of the story was so fantastic. And there's still something about those drawings which connect to people. And they're all yelling at him to stop, give up, give up. And he just turns on him and goes, you know, fuck off. All y'all, fuck off. I do this for fun. I do this for me. And if you want to get angry at me because of it, so be it. If that's not, what makes you feel even, better, so be not it. Not even in an egotistical way. No. Like it's, yeah, he's just doing it. For, just doing it. It's like, I'm a hero for, for fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fucking great. It's, it doesn't have as much heart as its sister show, Mob Psycho 100. That is like kind of Yeah, this, but Mob Psycho yeah. 100 doesn't have Moon Man Rider, so. 
<laughs> that's very true. Yeah. Doesn't have Moomin Rider. Well, take, I'm take not that sure. Same. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't watched that one yet. <laughs> it's a great show. Great show. But I think that is probably enough to get everyone into One Punch Man. It's such a gateway. It's so accessible for anybody for any reason. You don't need to be an anime fan. I think you could just watch this and enjoy it regardless. Entry is just hey, so, got some eyeballs. So I like I sense the end of this chapter, this season coming to an yes. end. We're passing the baton on to Graham. So happy to have you here, man. You're a dear friend. You're intelligent. You're Thanks. so good at what you talk about. Like you and I are gonna have to tag team, you know, going forward. Mm. You know, like Big shoes to fill. You know, mm. let these two do their thing. Like I'll be off abroad doing my thing. You know, we'll come in where we need to. Thank you, everybody. You've been great listeners. I've learned a lot. I hope you have. Indeed. Too. And just before we finish up, we are going to bring in Larisha. And we talked about this back in the psychological thrillers episode. This is Brett's partner, who is a complete anime novice. And she's going to come in and give us a little review of both Death Note and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So, Graham, we're going to tag you out and we'll tag her in. Charlie will also tag out. And we will just have a little meeting with Larisha and see what she thinks of anime to finish off this season. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll be back in two seconds. Catch you in a minute. Okay, so we are back. We're back. We're back. Just Larisha, Brett, and I. Graham had to run off for a bit of an emergency. He's... I don't think he could handle what was coming next. <laughs> he wasn't ready for this. I don't know if I am, to be honest. So it's me, Brett, and Larisha. Hi, Larisha. How are you going? I'm great. Marvelous. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to hear what you think. So we got Larisha to watch Death Note and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. We've spoken about both these shows on the podcast in the past. We did Death Note in the Seinen episode and we did Full Metal Alchemist in the Netflix walkthrough, but we will be doing a deep dive on that in season three. But without spoiling too much, Larisha, I want to hear what you thought as a complete anime novice, as what Brett was a year ago. More so. Yeah, more so of a novice. because These are, without speaking for you, honey, these are the only two animes besides Studio Ghibli films that you have watched. Is that correct? I don't know what Studio Ghibli is. There you go. There you go. Spirited Away. Remember we watched that? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay, yes. So we are right <laughs> at the bottom we're on, the, we're on the same page. <laughs> All right, Larisha, why don't you, to cap off season two as a complete anime novice, why don't you tell me what you thought about both Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood and Death Note? Why don't you just take it away? Let's hear what we have to say. Okay, well, first of all, I will say that I was prescribed two anime series by Dr. Sam. Yes. <laughs> I have a couple of things that I want to say. Sure. Let's hear them. So Brett introduced me to Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood first. Marvelous. Great. Probably wasn't the best one to start me off with. Okay. It was great. Yes. It was good. I watched it dubbed. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of prescribed by Sam. Yeah. Was it? Because it was. He said the okay. dub was good. Okay. Sure. But- the episode that I listened to first, in my opinion, kind of felt like Sam didn't like dubbed. Yeah. Well, look, my preference is always subbed, always. But if it's going to be the difference between you watching an anime and not, then I'm fine with the dub. But my preference always is to watch a sub. Yeah, sure. for sure. See, I am completely indifferent. We watch things with subtitles all the time and I watch quite a lot of things yeah, even if it's Big Bang Theory, we've got the uh, subtitles I watch on. things in English with subtitles. Right. I watch foreign films with subtitles. Like, it doesn't make any doesn't difference. Bother you. Anyway, yeah. so that was that was the first one that we watched. I wasn't the biggest fan. Okay, okay. Why, why was that? For me, it felt like it didn't pull me in and build it up enough. It kind right. of felt like it was quite high stakes from the get-go. True. Which for me is kind of like... Mm. Okay. I, like, what am I, I in? Well, yeah. I want to be pulled into the story, you know? From the first episode, it was like there wasn't a lot of build-up. It was like, here you go. There's Damn. this big issue and all of these things are happening. Mm-hmm. 
And they were quite unsettling. Oh, yeah. Right? Some of the things that happened in that first episode were pretty kind of like, can I swear? On sure. Like, it was fucked up. Yeah. Oh, that show goes there. Absolutely goes it there. It does. Yes. And I am all about fucked up. I think I just wasn't expecting it and I wanted a bit more of a... A lead in. A lead in. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be pulled into it and I wasn't. It was just all happening. So I... I feel that somebody coming into anime, that might not be the best series to sure. start with. Okay. Just because if you're going into something you're unfamiliar with, mm -hmm. there needs to be a bit of a draw card. And okay. there, and, and and there wasn't. It was a it was a bit too bit much, huh? Whoa! <laughs> All these things are happening. I'll wear that. I'll wear that because I I thought that one was going to be good because we had watched Avatar together, which is as we've established not an anime, but it's an yes. anime style American cartoon. This one's and, very and, and it's a, different, honey. Yeah, like, it's a lot more violent, somebody, isn't it? Well. Somebody turned their daughter into <laughs> a creature. Somebody yeah. combined their daughter with a creature. Like, it was a bit fucked. It's one of the most full-on episodes, and it comes so early when you don't expect it. Yeah. And it really kicks you in the teeth. And that is what got me into it. And, like, sure. Grace, too. Like, But, again, funnily enough, Grace, my girlfriend, who I got to watch the show about a year ago now, had an interesting experience too because yes, she was like, "Well, wow, it's just it's so full on, so fast, and they're twenty-two minute episodes, anime traditionally, and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is exactly twenty-two minute episodes, so it is a lot to take in very fast." Yeah, and so yeah, that, that, I suppose that is a fair comment. That's that's an interesting thing to to hear. Other people might be quite happy with having that all in straight away experience. Yes, all in. Fucked up experience, away. <laughs> um, and I'm all about fucked up experiences. But like from the get go, I think I needed a little bit more of a, you a know, in. a lead in. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it was. I, I guess it was a good one to start off with because it had elements that I really enjoyed. But I was ready to kind of move on to something that was maybe more my. Sure. Stream, which is where Death Note comes in. I did not talk to Brett at all about how I feel, felt about either, either of one. these. Really? At all. And we spend Ooh. every single show we watch together, we're constantly stopping the show to critique and to see how we. It. So yeah. it was a different experience even for us. And I was very, I was like a little kid sort of sitting there going, <laughs> like watching, you know, almost watching her more than. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I know that accessibility-wise, it's different because- It is. And this is what this whole podcast is about. It's about trying to break that idea of, of animation and what the difference between uh, genre for animation and genre for live action kind of is. So yes. That's yes. why I'm kind of interested more so in what you felt about Death Note. Yeah, so what do you think? It's great. Oi, Death Note for the win. It's great. I think putting Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood to bed, mm -hmm. it was a bit too fantastical and high sure. stakes yep. straight away for me. Okay. I think anyone coming into the anime realm <sighs> should find a genre that they're interested in. Yes. And go from there. Sure. And a genre that I really resonate with. That sounds so wanky. Not at all. Not yes, at it does. all. No. So hey, no. You should you, you should hear us generally. <laughs> I know you've listened to it. It's it all wank. What's oh, your vibration? What do you I, vibe on? You know. I I believe you. I <laughs> you heard a few. Do not doubt that you guys are full of wank. Um, <laughs> one of the genres that I really enjoy is true crime mm -hmm. or crime. Yep. Crime drama, serial killers, all yes. of the fucked up things. Yeah. So Death Note was right a good place to start. Great. And I'm up to episode eight. Okay. Oh, you 
You went further than I, I did because I, I left it. We, we watched what up episode five, and I said you should probably watch a couple more. Honey, I kept going, great, and I will keep going Ooh. because I want to find out what happened. Great for me. I st- forgive me. No, no, no judgment here. I am still in that mindset of I find it difficult to take seriously because I'm not watching people people mm-hmm. it's like watching a musical <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> their illustrations I think you'll find Sam but the storytelling is fantastic okay cool I'm gonna keep going all right well I'll be really I, I am gonna persevere and I feel like at this point in time it might not be it I, like I can't conclude this and be like I like it or I don't. Sure. I think I need to get to the end of yes. Death Note. All I can say is for people that don't really know much about anime or have decided they don't like it or that they're not interested, maybe find a genre that you're interested in and find an anime that relates to that. Yes. Because I am not like, sorry, guys. You're not into I, fantasy. I have no interest in anime at all. Totally. But I have just found an anime series that relates to a genre that I am actually quite interested in, and I want to see where it goes. Great. So. Well, the system works. But also, it's okay if you don't like it because totally. I still, in my mind, I'm like, I can't take this seriously because they're not real humans. Sure. Look, it is the animation thing is a real barrier for a lot of people. Like my dad's the same, just doesn't like animation. Sure. And I guess what's interesting as well about the Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood thing is that you were kind of shocked by something which you don't normally attribute to something that is animated, right? Right. Something of that higher stakes. Yeah. Something that intense. And that's what I loved about it. It's what blew my mind when I was about 16. You know, watching things and being like, what? I've never seen anything drawn. That's this intense? Like, it can do this? It can do this? It's not South you Park know? and just being crude dumb, or yeah. it's satirical it's and satirical, great, but yeah. like... It's not comedy. It's like it has yeah. high drama. And I think that's interesting. And you're right. Look, the whole reason we started this show is to get people like yourself who aren't into anime or those who have started but don't know where to go into anime. And you're right. That's the reason we've been very conscious about being, if you like X, then you will like Y anime. And you're right. That's why I threw you Death Note because after we spoke in our last interview, you were like, I like true crime. And I was like, well, either Psychopath or Death Note. And it's interesting that you picked it up because you don't like fantasy, right? Not a big fantasy fan? It's all right. Yeah, but sure. I, like, Hence- it, like live motion Take it or leave it. it. So sure. in anime, Full Metal is a bit like Harry Potter, but R-rated. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. And that's fair enough that you're not into it. Like, I get it. So, thank you for your thoughts. I'm very intrigued, and I and I'm you're looking welcome. forward to uh, to diving deeper when we come back in season three, where we will dive deep into it. We're going to get a little bit deeper into anime. I hope that you've all enjoyed this season. It's been such a joy to make. It's been so much fun. It's been a real learning curve for us and we've come so far in such a short time. And we're building, we're finding new people to collaborate with yes. every week. Yes, and, it's great. and that's really exciting, yourself included, my dear. Indeed. And before you wrap everything up, mm-hmm. Sam, I've got a challenge, something that I'm going to do with you that okay. affects Larisha as well. Mm-hmm. I did two years of Japanese in high school. You have mentioned this before, yes, yes. I can't remember any of it. <laughs> very little... Bits, I can pronounce my name. I'm a Japanese exchange student. I am going to throw down a challenge that will take a little bit of time. I'm going to start learning Japanese again. I'd like you to join me. I will. I've been meaning to do this for a long time. I think that's the biggest hurdle we have in terms of context and understanding the language. I'm keen. In fact, it's something that every day I wake up and I'm like, God damn it, I should learn Japanese. So I'm going to. Let's yeah. do it. Let's fucking do it. I, I, challenge accepted. Let's learn Japanese. Let's learn Japanese, man. Let's learn Japanese, bro. Yeah. I mean. And then we'll go there. We'll go there. We'll Absolutely. Go there with a podcast on tour. <laughs> the podcast around the world. How are we ever going to make a cricket anime podcast if we don't speak fucking Japanese? Exactly. We're going to learn this shit. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Come back for season three for Sam and Brett learning terrible Japanese. Yeah, it will be horrible. <laughs> it will be terrible. But we'll try. You know, and that's all that matters. If you want to learn Japanese, go to Duolingo. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, everyone. It has been a pleasure. It's been wonderful. Thanks for joining us. 
Join us again for season three. We're excited. Thank you for listening. You have no idea how much it means to us. It's a wonderful experience creating this podcast and it's all of you that make it possible. So thank you so much. We'll be back next season. Catch you later. Hi there, Sammy here. Just letting you know that you can follow us on all social media platforms if you search Gateway to Anime, one word. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or if you want to check out our website at www.gatewaytoanime.com. Check us out. Thanks very much.